I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Rise and shine, football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy. Happy Friday. We made it through another week. Me, barely. I slept through my alarm this morning. Let's go. Let's start hear. the week. Happens to the best right, of us. Right. I know. I made it. Um, I'm Susanna Collins. That's Nico Cantor. We've got Darian Jenks at the desk today. Jaleel Anibaba is back. We've got Ali Trost Martin in for um, some headlines. And yeah, guys, happy Friday. Happy Footy Kit Friday. Let's chat some Europa League action, shall we? Uh, here's a look at the results from yesterday. And uh, there were some really, really fun matches to watch yesterday. That Marseille-Ajax match was unhinged from start to finish. Uh, that one finished 4-3 to Marseille. Uh, Brighton with the 1-0 win over AK Athens. Uh, they also advanced to the round of 16 with that result. Liverpool taking care of business against Lask 4-0. All right, let's chat about the group of death. Group B, and as we mentioned, Marseille get the win. They are finishing top of that group. Brighton have punched their ticket with their result over AK Athens and Ajax. Lowly Ajax. Yikes. Yeah, Yikes. Ajax and Athens for a Europa Conference League spot at this point. Mar- Marseille isn't, hasn't clinched first yet, mm-hmm. um, but they are through to through. a next round. A next round. The, the key to Europa League is that First place goes through, surpasses that knockout playoff round and goes straight into the round of 16. And the second place finishers play against the third place Champions League dropout. So finishing first now in the deal. Europa League group, it is a big deal. It's a really big deal. Um, Obama Yang, we talked about him yesterday for Marseille as a guy that we needed, needed to produce for them. And uh, our guy got a hat trick in the game and also some some pretty stellar goal celebrations to boot yeah in prolific fashion you just you really see him come alive look at this the service is perfect but the finish here checked run oh yes Oof. it doesn't get better than that amongst the trees and the defenders it's all bravery and then to finish it off in stoppage time looks the keeper dead in the eye wrong foots him and then celebrates to the corner with a little let's get it and flip to victory. I got a little nervous there on the, the re entry. <laughs> Maybe he's going for a double. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> don't do him dirty. All right, uh, here's a look at the Europa League all time top scores and Obama Yang up there with 29 goals. Uh, for wow. 
I know. It's a lot. Uh, well, Lukaku's on that list. Lukaku, Lu, well, Lukaku had that 16-game run that got snapped on match day four where he scored in 16 consecutive Europa League games with four different teams. Wow. Aritz Aduris is on that list, which was pretty crazy. The striker for Bilbao, he made a Europa League final with, uh, with Bielsa mm -hmm. when it was Bilbao against Atletico Madrid. And Falcao, wow. This guy, I mean, we haven't talked about him world football for a while now, mm -hmm. but... He was the player that had me fall in love with Atleti. Mm -hmm. Just the way that he played, his, his strength, his ability to hold off defenders, get other attackers in the game, and then score prolific goals, just like this goal that we saw um, with, with Aubameyang. But we talked about Aubameyang yesterday in terms of, okay, his, his production for Marseille hadn't been up to his normal rate, but man, what a convincing performance and what a crucial one for Marseille. It, and it's just amazing to see him at his age continue to, to dial back the hands of time. Not, maybe not so much with the flip, but with the goals <laughs> and his ability to, to score in big-time matches. Unbelievable. In his time in Dortmund, Arsenal, and Barcelona, in 400 matches, he scored 246 goals. Wow. So this is the, this is the Aubameyang that, that we know. This is the Aubameyang that, that we look to entertain us and to inspire us. Yeah, he, I think he only had three goals for Marseille and then doubled his total. Well, he scored a brace in the reverse fixture That's against right. Ajax and now he gets a hat-trick. I don't know if it was a convincing performance by Marseille. I saw that they were a little bit erratic still. Nonetheless, they won. And nonetheless, they, they clinched a spot in a next round in, in Europa League. I would say convincing, convincing performance from Aubameyang. Oh, oh. Because, oh. yes, Marseille Okay, was, fair. Go ahead. And for uh, Aubameyang... I think he needed that, right? Yeah. Uh, Especially during this time that Marseille's not playing well. Yeah, and he came out in the first 40 seconds and had a shot on frame. So I think that kind of set the tone. And I agree, it's good to see Aubameyang back in that form where we saw him with Arsenal and his previous clubs where he was just putting goals away and looking confident and suave and having those celebrations that we love to see. So I love to see it. I love to see him in form. Amazing. Um, I want to give some flowers, too, to Liverpool who took care of business. They Let's go. Against the last. I mean, go. it's against, like, you, you expect them. You, you expect them to do exactly what they did to last, but it's always good to see. Um, it was, I thought Cody Yakpo had a fantastic performance. Mm. Um, he's been doing really, really well for them. Luis Diaz continues to score goals. Um, yeah, it was just a, yeah. it was a convincing. Their opponent is last on the table. I'm, Oh, oh, no, he didn't. Do you know what's funny? Do you know what I didn't realize, though, about Liverpool or about Lask is that George Bello plays for yeah. them. Yeah, shout out George Bello, shout out yeah. MLS. That's right. Former Atlanta man. Yeah, but man, you say Liverpool has to get this done. This is what you'd expect them to do against Lask. But at the same time, we play the games for a reason. You have to show up. You have to, to beat the teams that you should beat. And Liverpool does exactly that. For me, you cannot talk about this fixture without talking about what Diaz is doing. Mm. It's, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. I don't think that we can talk about this story enough until mm -hmm. it fades away, and hopefully it never does. Yeah. Because with his parents getting kidnapped on mm -hmm. October 28th, since that date, he scored four goals for club and country, and the importance of these goals are unprecedented and unbelievable and to be able to do this with such traumatic events at the wake of, you know, these performances, I, 
I can't even I can't even begin to, yeah. to understand what he's what he's going through. But to be able to to channel that into something so positive and important, this is is chilling stuff. For me. You, you see what it means to him too in those goal celebrations. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's an it's an emotional experience for him. Um, but it's yeah, it's such a such a wonderful story to see him doing so well. Um, and it's first place for Liverpool. First place for which, Liverpool. Remember a couple seasons ago when Liverpool unlocked every available fixture to them yeah. from the start of the season, yes. and the congestion of fixtures and, and Klopp is, you know, is always saying there's too much football, we yeah. play too much, and and sometimes it does take a toll on Liverpool, especially in that part of the season. It's great that they get to skip February football mm-hmm. and not play until, I guess it's March, the the round of 16. So uh, it's a good, good for point. Them. Really good point. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break. Ali Trost-Martin is going to be back with some headlines. When we return, stick around. We will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's hard to figure out what's the low point for U.S. soccer in the mid-1980s. It was a joke. For decades, the U.S. cannot for their lives qualify to a World Cup. Yeah, it's true. I live in America, believe me. The USA players were a bunch of amateurs and semi-professionals. Things really needed to change. We want to be the first team to qualify in 40 years. Odds were stacked against us. The whole world's like, come on, you're American. Put some shoulder pads on. Put a helmet on. Everyone knew that Trinidad and Tobago was going to embarrass big bad United States and get to the 1990 World Cup. We were carrying the weight of American soccer on our shoulders. Everything was on the line on that day. That moment alone changed the trajectory of soccer in the United States. Well, that was a preview of the latest installment in the Paramount Plus documentary library. The Billion Dollar Goal focuses on the biggest game-changing moment in American soccer history, one that hasn't been celebrated until now. The Billion Dollar Goal premieres on Paramount Plus on Monday, December 11th. The three-part docuseries includes first-hand accounts from several of the players who pulled off the epic upset. Plus, in one of his last interviews, the late Grant Wall provides historic perspective as only he could. So I've had a chance to have a, a sneak peek at this docu-series, and I watched it uh, a few nights ago. And I, it, I'm just, I've said it on the show before, but 
I didn't know. I really, I, I didn't know about the 1990 team because when we talk about the sort of emergence of soccer in this country, it, it, the narrative always, it seems to, to talk about uh, the 94 and having the World Cup here. And right. the 90 team is kind of, they don't really, they're not as, they don't give as much shine to them. And so it was really interesting to kind of learn about what they had to go through to get to that point um, and what and how important it was, the significance of it. It was, it was really, really well done and great storytelling. And I, I like this because there's a lot of new soccer fans in this country that maybe didn't know too much about the 1990 team mm -hmm. and even the 1994 team because the success of 1990, maybe there, we don't have that next step in 94 that that opened the door, right? This, this, was, this was the catalyst to soccer becoming big in our country. And without them, again, we, we wouldn't be here on a 24-hour soccer network doing this, mm -hmm. right? And it was, it was kind of that special moment. I realized with Tony, when my dad was covering the team in the 1990s, he was there every game. And I grew up around this atmosphere, understanding how important these guys were. And then afterwards, not only with Tab, with Cello, with Boda, who came in in, in 1994, these are legends of the mm -hmm. game, pillars. They, they held soccer and brought it into the mainstream of our sport. And without that Paul Calajuri goal in 1990, these people deserve national respect. They are icons and legends of soccer in the United States, and, and without them, there wouldn't be this. Yeah, it's 100% true. And in the in the docu series, there's a, a part where they're they're basically rewatching the goal, and you can see like watching them emote while they're rewatching this iconic moment in soccer history. It, it like made me emotional. It was wow. really really cool. Incredible. Um, so yeah, December 11th, Paramount Plus. Everybody should watch it. It's fantastic. Um, so this is very cool. So Grant Wall was the driving force behind the billion dollar goal. Um, and he was a, a dear friend and colleague to pretty much everybody that works in the soccer space. Um, and the Casey Current are doing something really incredible to honor his legacy. Um, here's a look at the tweet. They are going to be naming their press box at CPKC Stadium, uh, the Grant Wall press box which just feels so appropriate. He was from Kansas City. He loved that city so much. Um, and this just feels like a perfect way to, to honor such a, such a special, iconic human who was truly uh, one of the, the pioneers in, in soccer journalism and, and putting this sport on the map here. Um, you, know, you talked about the Ivis Galarceps of the world and Grant Wall was, was one of the OGs. Um, just a, a special, special guy that we miss terribly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Allie, I know you've got strong Casey. I, tell yeah. you, I know, it's emotional. It is, it is. to it, see that. And you're emotional. so right, Grant really was, um, I mean, he was such a driving force for American soccer and, and helping create so many new fans, but also for so many people who wanted to cover the sport, myself included, very early on. Mm -hmm. You know, Grant was so kind to me as if... I had been around for, for years doing this when really, you know, it was just somebody, myself, trying to break in. And he always had time for an interview back when I was doing radio and just wanting to get better at covering soccer and just, yeah, it's very, very cool. And, I, and there's going to be so many people that sit in that press box that are going to hopefully go on to, to do things or try to scratch the surface of what Grant achieved in, in such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's funny too, because every, I feel like, 
so many journalists that have kind of like come up have had the same story yeah. about Grant and just how generous he was with his time and I don't know how he had time to do it all. I know, I know. <laughs> it was it's but I just think it's a, a testament. It was testament for to him. President. When or was he, that? No, That's he right. Did, he, I think he did, and then at one point he pulled back. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me yeah. at all, because I feel like he, um, I mean, he just had so much going on at once, and he did so much. But, yeah, I love hearing those those stories, Allie. It's really cool. So cool. Oh, well, rest in peace to Grant Wall, and, and so looking forward to this incredible, incredible docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Let's get into some headlines now. Fresh off of Destination Miami, we will start with some Miami news. Lionel Messi's arrival in MLS this summer turned Inter-Miami into the hottest ticket in the league, literally. And that has not stopped heading into the new year. Just two weeks removed from the end of the 2023 season, Miami has sold out its season tickets for 2024. This comes despite the price of the ticket nearly doubling from last season. Single match tickets will still be available once the schedule is released. And Messi's team has added another match to its preseason preparations in 2024. The Herons will face El Salvador national team in a friendly at Estadio Cuscatlan in San Salvador on January 19th. In other MLS news, Matt Miazga's suspension for the rest of the playoffs for entering the match officials' locker room has led the MLS Players Association to issue a statement criticizing the referees' union for its handling of the Miazga incident. The Players' Union accused the Professional Soccer Referees Association of making false public statements about Miazga's actions and influencing the league's decision to suspend the MLS Defender of the Year for three matches. The statement read, in part, to respect the integrity of the disciplinary process, the MLSPA refrained from public comment until the process was complete. The PSRA, on the other hand, created and repeatedly reinforced a false public narrative that appears to have directly influenced that process. In more MLS disciplinary news, Vancouver Whitecaps head coach Vanny Sartini has been suspended for the first six games of the 2024 season and fined $20,000 for his actions during or after the Whitecaps playoff loss to Los Angeles FC on November 5th. Sartini was issued a red card late in LAFC's 1-0 win and entered the field of play after the red card in what MLS called, quote, a confrontational manner. Sartini then went on to criticize match officials in his post-match press conference. In women's soccer news, Racing Louisville's named Beverly Yanez the team's new head coach. Yanez spent the 2023 season as an assistant with Racing Louisville after spending two seasons as a Gotham FC assistant. She takes on her first head coaching job just four years after concluding her own playing career. She is Racing Louisville's third head coach, replacing Kim Bjorkegren. All right, Darian, you were teammates with Inez. She's just four years removed from her playing career. What has allowed her to make that jump so quickly from assistant to now head coach? Well, first, she's an incredible human being. She's one of the best players I've ever played with on the field, off the field. Um, I got to play with her when I got traded to Seattle Reign at the time, and she took me under her wing and just taught me so much tactically about the game in the most digestible and kind mm. way, especially being a young player. I was coming back from a really big injury and she helped me elevate my game and just give me so much confidence. So with that and her knowledge of the game and just her ability to translate that to everybody, I think is why she's got this coaching job and been so successful. And her and I, her and I actually did our B coaching licenses together with U.S. Soccer. And 
that told me I didn't want to coach, and I watched Bev. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this, this ain't for me, dog. It's a big no for me. That's but, worth the, yeah, the we actually had a like project this. together as well. But doing that, I realized, like, wow, this is really her calling. Mm. She is meant to do this. She thrives in it. Um, and the players just thrive underneath her and look up to her so much. So I'm not surprised that she's just been on this upwards trajectory with coaching and not surprised that they hired her as the head coach. And I love seeing a woman in a head coaching position, especially a former player who really understands this league. And I think the sky's the limit. I'm really happy for her. Wow, what a testament. How, I mean, how cool to being only being four years removed from being a player too. I have to imagine that she's able to relate to players on a level that a lot of other coaches just simply can't. Yeah, and especially being a mom as well. Mm. I think that's something we're talking about a lot within the NWSL is players coming back to teams that are um, pregnant and coming back into playing or overcoming injuries. She's a player that's also dealt with that. So having that mental, emotional understanding and that connection of being a former player, going through all of these things, and then her coaching knowledge and ability is unmatched. Exciting Yeah, stuff. she's going to kill it. Great hire for Louisville. All right, guys, we are going to take another break. Um, we are going to chat the weekend ahead in the Premier League with our good friend Jeff Shreves. That's on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, Chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back. Weekend Premier League action on tap. Here's a look at the notable fixtures on Saturday. Arsenal taking on Wolves at 10 a.m. This one's going to be fun. Newcastle hosting Manchester United. Bournemouth taking on Aston Villa. And on Sunday, a big one between Manchester City and Tottenham, 11.30 a.m. You can watch that match on Peacock. And for more on the weekend ahead in the Premier League, we are so happy to welcome back our good friend, Jeff Shreves. Jeff, it has been way too long. We've missed you. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. I've missed you as well. I, I, I missed um, the big fixture in midweek. I've been across all the Champions League, the Europa League, and last week's Premier League. But I missed the big one, the big announcement, Nico and his engagement. <laughs> I think this is the one that the whole of soccer <laughs> is talking about and how he romantically asked his girlfriend to marry him because Jamie Carragher told him to do so. I mean, I can't think how any girl could say no or indeed what what, what a lovely way to do things. Pressure was on. It was, big yeah. time, big time. Couldn't let Jamie down. Exactly. Um, all right, Jeff, we've got a, a big one on Sunday, Manchester City and Tottenham. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this match? Well, it's a funny one, isn't it, Susanna? Because you look at Tottenham right now and they're going the wrong way. They've lost their last three. I don't think they've lost four in a row for nearly about 20 years. So going into the game, you'd have to fancy Manchester City strongly. But then if you dig a little bit deeper, for some reason, Tottenham are their bogey team. Spurs have won five of the last seven against Manchester City. And Manchester City have lost more Premier League points against Tottenham than any other team. So that just gives Spurs a bit of a glimmer. Having said that, though, the fact this is at the Etihad, that swings things a little bit. I mean, they're just magnificent there. They've not lost for over a year. I think 
yeah, they've not lost for over a year in all competitions, which is an absolutely awesome record. But I just think there'll be that a little, if you like, mental question perhaps in the Manchester City players and supporters' minds because for whatever reason, Tottenham seem to have this kind of Indian sign over them. So I kind of want to talk about big picture with Spurs. How worried are you for them, given their injuries? Bentancur out for an extended period of time. I believe he's my Lassar as well, uh, announced maybe today by Ange. And then just in the back line as well, maybe through this, this Christmas period where it's such a congested schedule, are you worried for Spurs? Yes, because the, the, the squad isn't big enough. I was checking the injury list today, and obviously you've still got Romaro suspended as well. Oh, um, yeah, but the, the whole the defence is decimated right now. And I think what's interesting as well is you look at the games that they've lost recently, Nico. They've led in those games as well, which suggests late on in the games, this is where they're running out of steam a little bit as well. I don't think it's a mental thing. I just think they have, right now, their squad is really, really stretched. I mean, they've got an horrific run of injuries. You can't deny that. But whether or not they've got enough bodies, if you like, or personnel to get through, this is going to be a really testing period for them. And look, there's going to be no tougher test than going to the Etihad at the weekend. That that will be a really big, big game. If they can get something out of that, I think if they could get a point out of that, they'd be absolutely delighted. Jeff, uh Going in the same vein of, of things that we maybe should be worried about, sliding over to, to the Man United and, and Newcastle fixture, is this mm-hmm. Manchester United side one that we should be worried about? Because it seems like a roller coaster. One week, it's the Manchester United that we know. One week, it, it, it's not. What are, what are your overall thoughts on where Manchester United are and what do you expect for this fixture? Well, if you look at it, if you use the roller coaster analogy, which I think is a fair one, I honestly think that the, if you like, the dips are a lot deeper than the highs because, I mean, look at look at the Champions League. I mean, let's, let's be frank. It's utterly ridiculous. How can you, in three away games, score, how can you score nine goals and not win a single one of those games? It's, it's just madness. But then, if you look at their Premier League form right now, Okay, they are the most informed team over the last six games, so it, it doesn't make sense. Look here as well, look, Andre Anana. There's mm. got to be huge questions. We've spoken about this before. There has to be absolutely huge questions as to whether or not he plays this weekend. He's clearly at fault. You can see that he's made other mistakes in the Champions League as well. Yes, I know he saved the penalty, but there's more mistakes than there are positives with him right now. So massive call for Eric Ten Hag, and also of course you've got this question hanging in the air about the African Cup of Nations. Is he going to go or not? Which I find really, really strange that it wasn't made clear to Manchester United when they signed him whether or not he was going to carry on his international career. Do you remember he quit the World Cup, mm-hmm, fell out yep. with the coach, rigged their song, that's it. Apparently they've made up, and of course he's played since then. So surely he's got to be going. And if Cameroon call him up and he doesn't play, he says, no, I don't want to go... There's a possibility via FIFA he won't be allowed to play for Manchester United either. But put that to one side. Right now, he, in my opinion, I don't think he should be playing. I think he's got to be bold, the coach. He's got to make a, a change and he has got to bring in one of the other two keepers. He, he's got to. I can't see how he can carry on. 
You think you think the goalkeeper, they brought in a young Turkish goalkeeper from Fenerbahce who's never had any Premier League experience. Is that the right call? Start by Yindir, who has never played at this stage ever? To be honest with you, I was, I was surprised, Nico. He didn't play him um, in Turkey this week. I thought it was the ideal opportunity. He's just played for his national team. He's played well. Playing in Turkey would have been absolutely ideal for him and giving him a chance to have a look. And let's face it, going into that game, and Arles form was iffy as well, I think he's got to play him. I think he, sh- he should play him this weekend. And I know, I know it's different for the goalkeeper. Goalkeepers are different. But that can go for and against you because it's a big, big call. I think it's the biggest call on the pitch to change your goalkeeper more than any other position. Yes. But when the goalkeeper, for whatever reason, is going through a poor patch, I think that position affects your results far more than any other on the field as well. I mean, do you think you should drop him this weekend? He has all, <laughs> he has all the reasons to go for another goalkeeper. Absolutely. It, it's just, it's, there are precise moments in Onana's performances that lead you to believe, hey, he could lose his starting spot. The thing is that Onana is Eric Ten Hag's keeper mm-hmm. from Ajax. He, went at, he personally went after him said, hey, I want him because he plays better with his feet. But if he's not good with his hands, then we don't have a goalkeeper. Yeah, but Nico, Nico, do you, not, do you not also think as well, though, he's giving Eric Ten Hag the ideal opportunity here because if Eric Ten Hag speaks to me and he said, yes, I want to go and represent my country, surely Bindayer should come in now because it gives him time to prepare for that. Because he could mm. potentially be away for a month. I think he'd missed two cup games and four Premier League games. And if his form isn't good right now, this is the ideal scenario. It would be a, a really bold call by Ten Hag, mm-hmm. a, a statement if he... Yeah. Bold, bold or correct call, folks. What do we think? Say it again, what Jeff. Was that, Jeff? Do you think it would be a bold call or do you think it would be the correct call? And you shouldn't be afraid to make the right decision, no think, matter how think big it could the be, decision is. I think it could be both. I, I personally think, I personally think, Jeff, that it's both. I think that it it should happen. And it would be a bold call um, for sure. It would send it would send shockwaves because of the fact that of their previous relationship. But if you're talking about what is best for the club, in my opinion, it's what needs to happen. And oftentimes, the manager has to make a decision that's best for the club first and foremost. I, I, I don't like being a negative person all the time. I like to focus on the good stuff. So in this game as well, you originally asked me, uh, Susanna, what am I looking forward to the most? And there's two youngsters right now, both academy graduates. Lewis Miley for Newcastle United. Mm. They're just absolutely sublime. Playing with maturity. I don't know if you saw the game against Chelsea. His through ball for Isaac's goal was just wonderful. Absolutely beautiful. He played well again in Paris as well. And there, man of the moment, I say man, Kobe Manu, absolutely storming it for Manchester United. His first Premier League start away at Goodison Park. And he just, do you know what he did? I don't know if if you all saw the game. He ran the game. He didn't just play, he didn't just pop off passes. He absolutely ran the game from midfield. And he played with a maturity way beyond his years. And, And both of them, they're both local born boys, both academy products. And supporters like nothing more than seeing that. And I, I've loved watching both of them this past week. Yeah, they've been so much fun. Um, Jeff, before we let you go, big day tomorrow. 
the Euro draw is is happening. Yeah. Uh, for England, I know uh, near and dear to your heart, what would be the best case scenario for them in this draw? Well, you, you look at you look at the options, and to be honest with you, I, I could sit here and say that you know I'm not afraid at all, and I could also tell you the truth and say I'm actually quite nervous <laughs> because we're in, of course obviously we're in pot one, so you think okay, who could we get from pot two? Ideally, I'm not being disrespectful. If we get I don't know Albania, terrific, but we could end up with Denmark. So then you go over to pot three, mm, Slovenia, Slovakia, but yeah, we could end up with. Czech Republic as well, tricky. Netherlands, don't know what they're going to turn up with. And pot four, you end up with Italy, then you've, you've got a really, really tough group. I think it's a huge call as to what comes out of the hat tomorrow. We could come away really, really pleased, or we could be in the so-called cliched group of death. You, you imagine if it's England, Denmark, Italy, Croatia. <laughs> I don't like don't. I mean, you're just giving me sweats already. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I know. I'm going to do that to you, Jeff. I want you to enjoy the weekend, you know? Uh, listen, if, if Premier League football on, I will enjoy it. There's so many good games to look forward to. And there's so many stories. That's what I love it. Look, that's why we all love the game, isn't it? Listening to you guys talk about it is fantastic. And mo come Monday, we'll be talking about Do you know what, as well? I think this might be a first. We've just had a lovely conversation and we didn't mention. You know what? Begins with a V, ends with an R. <gasps> You're right. We did it. Let's not say it. Let's not ruin this magic that we've created. I love it. What a victory for us, guys. Well done. Look at us yeah, on a Friday. You know what's the best part? What? No lunchtime kickoff, which means we could sleep in. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, hosting a morning show is rough, you know? We need all the Zs we can get. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Always great to see you. Uh, enjoy your weekend. My pleasure. Enjoy the action. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. We are previewing some MLS Cup playoff action. We've got the conference finals on Saturday. We're diving in after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a big time matchup in the Western Conference semifinals. Finally into space. Bawanga is forward! Oh, Denny Bawanga! Herrera delivers with the left foot. It's there! The Houston Dynamo headed to the Western Conference Final. This ball, cross opportunity here. Yes! Mosquera, Cincinnati has the lead. This is Nappy. This time fires and scores. Garlington Nappy. And the crew on its way to the conference semifinals. Only four teams and three matches remain in the MLS Cup playoffs, and we have some enticing matchups this weekend's conference finals. On Saturday, we kick off with the Hell is Real derby between Cincinnati and Columbus at 6 p.m., and then later that evening, a Western Conference showdown between the reigning champs LAFC and the Houston Dynamo. 9.30 p.m., you can watch these matches on Apple TV+. All right, we're going to start 
in the West. LAFC hosting the Houston Dynamo, the reigning champs versus, I think, a team that we would say maybe is a dark horse in the playoffs, kind of. LAFC historically have dominated this Mm -hmm. matchup, but this season, not so much. Houston Dynamo have beat them twice, shut them out in both of those games. Jaleel, how big of a chance do you give them winning on the road against the defending champions? I give them a chance, I I do. Uh, Another one of my former clubs in in Houston is really, really impressing me. I love the way that they've played inspiring football pretty much from after the one-third mark in the season, they've been off to the races. Ben Olsen has this team playing confidently at home, on the road. They won uh, the U.S. Open Cup on the road against Miami. So this is not a team that we should count out. This looks like the Houston of old that was competing for back-to-back MLS Cup titles against the, the LA Galaxy. Now here, they got to go in to, to, to LA and get the job done. It's going to be a tough one, though, because this LAFC side, my Goodness, they they look like they're 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 poised to repeat. Mm-hmm. I love what Buanga's doing. I just saw a stat that Transfer Market has said that he is the fourth goal scorer in the entire world this season. <laughs> wow, not, he has which is, ten goals in his last six games, which is just absolutely <laughs> crazy. You know, and he with his 37 goals right now, he's only behind Kylian Mbappe, Mbappe Haaland, and Herman Cano. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Did you know that it's off the company. top of your head? Yeah, because Herman Gano scored at <laughs> midweek for Fluminense, and he became, he went into that company in the calendar year of 2023. With that Alec. brain of yours. Yeah, yeah unbelievable. I don't know how you retain so much information. Unbelievable. Uh, well, let's talk about the difference makers on both sides. So you mentioned Denny Buanga for LAFC on Houston side. Ache, ache. Hector Herrera, uh, who has 19 assists on this season. He is the engine of that midfield. Houston's midfield has just been absolutely exceptional this season. When you look at these two (laughs) players, who would you rather build your team around, Darian? Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to say Herrera. Mm -hmm. You don't have anything if someone's not feeding you the ball. Yeah. And I think with his vision, his playing ability, his free kick ability, Houston has the edge here. As a forward, I've you need somebody that's able to orchestrate and keep the tempo and distribute the ball well and see your runs. And I think Carrera just has that. And he's in such good form right now. So that's, that's what I build my team around. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He did. He had that pretty, pretty corner that led to the Escobar mm-hmm. goal against SKC. Bookies have Houston at plus 425. Do you guys think that's a little bit disrespectful I to do. the Dynamo? Yes. I yes. Do. I do. I do. Because um, when you even just look at the historical matchup between these two sides, not just this season, but overall, it's 5-3-4 and four in favor of LAFC. So mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty much split down the middle. Um, you know, the bookings, I, I just don't, I typically don't like these odds when it comes to MLS teams because it always feels like too heavily stacked against, you know, the underdog or the, or the dark horse, so to speak. But again, Houston is not a team that, that should be counted out. I, I really like this fixture. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are overlooking what Houston could potentially do. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I, think, I, I do think that's... How that's do you shut down LAFC if you're Houston? You, that's a, that's a tough question. Like, can you shut down? Can you, is, it about, is it limiting Buanga or is it stopping him, like try to get him at zero? I think it's about, it's about limiting him. Because if, 
it, LAFC is, is, is such a well-rounded team, and why they're prolific is not just because of, of, of Bowanga. He's not their only weapon. At all. So if you focus all of your attention, you put your entire defensive scheme on Bowanga, come on, you, you'll get killed on the back post. They'll, they'll run through you through the midfield. Um, you know, so it, I, don't, I don't know the exact answer to that. How do they, do they limit them? But what I do know is that this is going to be a closer fixture than I think people are, are really chalking it up to. Um, and got to give a shout out to Coco Carterskia. <sighs> when you talk about the midfield for Houston, my goodness. Recently had a chance to catch up with, with Pat Onstead, the GM of, of Houston, and he just continued to speak about how important he is mm-hmm. um, and how much he's, he's grown and continues to learn under Ache Ache. And, you know, how his role changes with Panama and Houston and how he's so, um, you know, effortly is able to weave within the, the two. Um, it's, it's amazing stuff. So I'm, I'm poised to think that this one, this one could go to overtime. I could see that for sure. That Dynamo midfield is, is special. I know when you think about the LAFC offensive attack and then the Dynamo midfield and where it, you know, who do you give the advantage to? It's a, honestly, it's a toss up. Like, I feel like this could go anyway. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so much fun. All right. Let's talk about the East. Hell is real. Darby, uh, FC Cincinnati taking on the Columbus crew. Jaleel, you know a thing or two about this rivalry. I don't think you can look at this particular match. Like, historically, you can't look at this, the hell is real Darby, like, going back. Because these are two very different teams that are playing each other yes. right now. Correct. Um, and the two times that they've split the series this season – but in each of those games, there's a lot of goals. So are you anticipating a goal fest in this edition of Hell is Real? I am. I am because of the fact that, that you know, Columbus's is offense is, is playing very, very well right now. They have been for, for the last two months. And they've shown in the playoffs that they can score a multitude of goals. And I don't think that that uh, Pat Noon is going to take a pragmatic approach at home. They're, it doesn't really mm-hmm. make sense. They have the firepower to go after uh, this Columbus side. I think it's going to be an open match mm-hmm. at, at times. And, and when you talk about it from the, the Columbus perspective, an open match lets Cucho run wild either down the flanks or through the middle. It lets Darlington to be able to connect. Maiton getting in on the back post, wiggling free, whatever have you. But then on the flip side, Lucho Acosta kills people in open play. So to be able to thread through the lines, I can't call this one, but what I can say is I think there's going to be goals in it. It's going to be exciting. No Miazga again and for mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Wobodo. You love Wobodo. He offers how, so much balance to Cincinnati. You love it's, I, I, he's a very important piece of their success, and I, and I just feel like over a longer period of time, if you don't have Wobodo to kind of balance that out to offer you what he brings to the table, you lose a couple points. You lose a couple mm-hmm. points with Miyazu. You lose a couple points with Wobodo. He's one of their undisputed starters. Two, it's, you're not playing with two of their undisputed starters. They're going to have to find a way around that Man. Cincinnati. Saturday's going to be so, so much fun. So, like, Lucho and first Cucho. Lucho, Cucho. Who do you, who do you take? Lucho or Cucho? Oof. As your difference maker, Darian. Cucho. Go on, Cucho. He's I do. So saucy. He is so saucy. You take. I think I might. I think I might take Cucho as well. In a one game, in like a, a one game playoff situation. Yeah. I think I take Cucho. Yeah. 
in the, the Argentine. Come on, come on, let's go. No, I'm not. For me, it's lucha, especially if he played for Boca. But I was gonna say, uh, in the lucha cucha <laughs> derby, there's gonna be muchos. <laughs> <laughs> Can I leave now? Wow. I think I peaked. I wow. I peaked. Don't speak it into Get existence. Get out of here. All right, we're going to chat some big games in Europe when we return. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 